Hello, this is Gary Van Wormerdale, and this is the Awareness and Consciousness Podcast from PathwayToHappiness.com. And this audio is from an energy training I did in the self-mastery community. There's a number of free audios uh, available. You can find through my website and the community pages. And it's about why you don't see reality. And you also don't even hear reality the way it actually is. You don't see it as it is, and you don't hear it as it is. And this would then extrapolate out to other things as well. But we'll just start with this. And so the, the first part of this is how perception works, how this body perceives things. And it's through our senses. And through those senses, our nervous system sends the signals to our brain. And it's really just extraordinarily amazing. And I think we are completely unaware of questioning that information properly. We're not even aware that what it's doing and how it does it to question it. So let's begin with how we hear things. You're hearing my voice. I'm talking. You're getting the signal through the electronics or if we were in person, you'd hear my voice. And the assumption is I'm making sound and you're hearing sound. We just kind of go along with that's what's happening. That is not what's happening. I'm making pressure waves in the air. If you're there in person, you don't hear pressure waves. You need an instrument to pick up pressure waves. Here, the microphone picks up the pressure wave, converts it to an electrical signal. It's not a sound. It goes into your speaker, your headphone or your speaker. It makes a pressure wave. A pressure wave is not sound. It's just air vibrating. And so to answer that question, if a tree falls in the forest and there's no one there to hear it, does it make a sound? The answer is no. It sends airwaves of vibrating pressure. That's all it does. Because what's needed to make sound is for then the eardrum in the ear to vibrate. We picked up 
by the magic of the auditory nervous system, converted into electrical signal, goes into the brain, and that mechanism of electrical signal going into the brain produces our experience of sound. You, through your eardrum, through that magic of your nervous system in your brain, create my voice for yourself. You create the sound of my voice. Yes, I'm making pressure waves. Each one of you creates your own version through your individual ear and your brain and your nervous system, the experience of the sound of my voice. Okay. Do you understand that that's what's going on with sound? To me, it gets more impressive when it's vision. As a lot of you know that in perception of the vision, <clears throat> the brain actually takes in the light into the eye and it's 180 degrees out. And then what the brain has to do is take that image that's now upside down, turn it right side up and tell you this is what's going on. Okay. So your brain is taking the information of light, changing it to something that's usable. Brilliant, beautiful, figures it all out by itself. If you haven't heard of this story, they actually can put a kind of this goggles on people that flip the image so that if they're out looking at something, up, so it makes it upside down. And within about three or four days, their brain has figured out, oh, this is upside down again. Let's turn it, turn it 180 degrees. And they see everything that it appears to them as if it's right side up, even though the mirrors have turned it upside down at 180 degrees again. Okay. There's more to it than that. Okay, there's also an optical nerve that comes out of your eye that's taken all this information from the cones and rods firing. And because of the way it runs through your eye, there's actually a blind spot for each one of your eyes. If you close one eye, the reason you don't see it is two. They're, they're in this neighborhood out here. There's two, like, first of all, I, I think it's overlapping. So if you have both eyes open, the other eye can fill in what that blind spot is having, okay? But if you close one eye, it's also likely you miss it because your brain says, I'm gonna fill that in. I'm going to I'm going to assume what's there and paint the picture for you. Fill it in.
So your brain is deciding what you're seeing. Brain, mind, where that line is, it's a little, a little funny. Okay, now there's a different there's another element to this. Your eye sees in two dimension. You close one eye, everything kind of gets flat and you you lose depth perception. You can't tell how far away things are. Okay? Because to actually get depth perception to see distance the brain takes, well, I got one image over here and I got an, that's two-dimensional flat. I have this other image on my other eye that's two-dimensional, but I can triangulate. I can see where the eyes are, how far apart they are to, to zoom in or bring out. And I'm gonna take a two-dimensional image out of this eye. I'm gonna take a two-dimensional image out of this eye. I'm gonna do some three-dimensional math and I'm gonna construct a 3D imagery of what I see. And that's what I'm going to present. I'm speaking as if this is the brain talking, right? So the brain is flipping it upside down, filling in the gaps, taking two two-dimensional images, converting them into a 3D kind of holographic sense of what's all around us. So it's building a three-dimensional world. The three-dimensional world it's building is also, I'm gonna call it color inverted. If we see something that's black, what's happening to, the, to that object that's black is the light is going into that object and being absorbed. All the wavelengths are being absorbed into that object and it reflects no light. And that's why it appears black to us because we aren't getting any of the reflected light going into our eye. Now a surface that's white, it is absorbing no light. It's reflecting all the light. And so all the wavelengths of light are sent off. They go into our eye. We perceive all the frequencies of light and it appears bright white. But it's bright white, but it's absorbed no light. The black object has, has absorbed all the light and appears to be without light. The white object 
has absorbed no light and appears to be full of light. The object that appears green, the grass, the trees, the leaves, has not absorbed the green wavelength. It's absorbed those things other than the green wavelength. And it's rejecting or reflecting back, bouncing off the green wavelength. And now we get the green, which is what it's not absorbing. It has no green, but we see it as green. So we are seeing the reverse color as if it were kind of a photographic negative. Okay. Color inverted is lack of a better term. Okay. And out of this, we create this three-dimensional imagery that's actually very useful because that's what our vision, our brain needs. We need something that's useful so that we can survive. Okay. Here's the big one that's the biggest illusion in, in how we see. For me anyways, the assumption is that I look at something. I'm, I'm looking at this screen with your picture on it. The idea of looking at something is that I'm somehow kind of like, my perception is going out in there, that direction and there it is. That's what we think of looking at something or seeing something. Is, do you all have this also? That's how we look at something. And something that I'm looking at is there in front of me. That's not actually how it is. This is the appearance of things. My brain-generated three-dimensional version that's color-inverted appears out in front of me. But what's actually happening is light is reflecting, say, in this case, off the screen where you all are. Light is traveling through my eye. The cones and rods get all the information, fires through the optical nerve, electrical signals sent to my brain. And my brain takes the two, two images, flips them upside down, and processes, it out, processes out a three-dimensional version and then tells me it's out there. So in reality, there are two versions. There's, a, there's the one I've constructed based on the light coming in my eyes. 
that's a, a kind of mirror copy. And it's got the three-dimensional thing. It's got the compensation for the blind spots. It's been inverted 180 degrees. It's got the color inversion and it represents really well. And my brain says, it's Gary, it's out there in front of you. And there is what's out there in front of me. And what exactly is out there in front of me might be made of who knows what. But it's giving, my brain is giving me this process version and say, Gary, work with this. See, the, the eye is functioning very much as a camera. Here's the lens and here's the video display, three-dimensional video display back here. But this video display is, is a copy, a reflection of in-house generated version of what's out there, which is something, and it's a really good representation because it's, it's operable. I can work with it. But what is actually out in front of me might be as big a difference as the difference between pressure waves of moving air and sound. So the way I think of this in a sense of being aware of what I'm perceiving and what my mind is generating, say, I'll look at this room, I'll look outside. And if I, I have to shift my brain, I have to consciously shift my brain to go, how am I perceiving this? And I have to willfully manage, okay, consciously and intentfully think, my mind is generating this whole picture and this whole picture is actually inside of me. And my brain is trying to tell me, Gary, it's outside. And so much in the way, if you've ever had a lucid dream, you wake up in a dream and you're aware. It's like, oh, I'm in a dream. You can have a sense of, oh, I can change anything in here. This is all my dream. When I consciously bring my awareness to how I see things, I look at this whole world and go, oh, this is my mind generating a virtual version for me. And the real version is out there and I'm interacting with it. And it's very close, probably at least it's a good approximation to function.
And so when I, when I shift my perception and consciously be aware, how am I perceiving? How am I seeing? I sense I have two worlds. I have this virtual world that I'm in, that I know that I'm building automatically, that I've, I've lived most of my life not aware I was generating. I say I, my brain, my nervous system through this vehicle. And there's a world out there that I, that I can only perceive through my nervous system and senses. That if I had a different nervous system, maybe through a different person <laughs> or some other vehicle, I would sense everything very differently. And this is before I add any of my narrative stories, uh, judgments, criticisms, belief systems on top of it. It's just baseline perception of what's happening. And because the virtual world I live in is, is, is so ingrained and automatically wired to just, Gary, just assume that you're looking at the real world. I have to consciously make an effort to, to be aware how my visual world is really constructed to hold this awareness. And, and part of this makes me just go in awe of what my being is able to create that's so well functionally representative of the world to work in it. I'm going to drive my car down the road, even though I'm only using a virtual copy in my mind, generated out of 3D, okay? And so I'm in awe that it's doing all this, and I'm curious how else would I perceive the real world that's out there, reality? What's it like if I could look at it and perceive it in a different way? So I am both in awe and curious as a human in this world, making my way through it, figuring out what's going on here. Um, just to be aware how much we construct our own world and how everybody kind of constructs their own virtual world mm -hmm. and generally assumes they're seeing the real one. Mm. I mean, this term like seeing is believing. I saw it myself. Like, I have to. I have to question. Like, what did I see and what did I hear? And probably different than what the person next to me. And this is before we add our narrative stories, reactions, and interpretations, emotional wounds. Okay, so it it helps me pause. Uh, so that's, that's one aspect to it. There's, there's others in terms of, and this gets into just building a personal dream, but I can say from my experience, it was one of my assignments from Miguel at a certain point to hold an awareness 
in my mind that there was a virtual world in there, like that mirror. It's like, hold the awareness, there's a virtual world in there, and it's a copy of the one outside. And what I began to see was there was a gap. I could see what I was adding to stories, I was adding his reaction, I was adding to my version that wasn't in the actual world. Okay, and then later some other things happened with more wish, but that awareness and gap, I could see what I was falsely generating and adding about what was going on in the world. So that's a good first practical step. So what are the ramifications of this? Why is this even worth considering? So on the small scale side, but maybe the practical really important to you is opening to skepticism, opening your mind to say, I don't have the whole picture. And maybe the picture I have isn't the complete knowing of what's going on. See, if you're aware that the information you have is only this much out of what could be this much, you'll slow down and you'll ask some questions and you'll be more open-minded and skeptical. And that's going to help with your emotional reactions, anger, fears, just that awareness. Now, your ego mind, since it's grasping at knowing and feels like it knows everything or wants to know everything or believes it knows everything in its stories, might be uncomfortable with not knowing. Um, that's part of the journey of growth and awareness. But here's the truth. We don't know so much. You know, our brain gives us this picture of the world and we've assumed we were seeing the world. But as much as I'm sitting here, you aren't seeing me. You're seeing your video display version of me. And that's not the same thing. And our eyes and our brain build a world in our mind. And I think it's safe to say that's not the same thing. Our eyes and our brain gives us the very narrow bandwidth of, of the visual spectrum. We miss the infrared. We miss the ultraviolet. We miss the other wavelengths. We don't see dark matter and dark energy, which is 95% of what's going on in the world. We don't see emotions. We don't see people's stories and the belief systems and what's going on in their mind.
And if you pause and sit with that, the ego mind will get uncomfortable. But if you pause and you get present, you calm and you center, there's this whole world of possibility of so much more that's possible that could happen, that are choices you didn't see, that are outside the realm of what the ego mind's limited perception can give you. And that's where the change is. And that's where the growth is. And it begins with an open skepticism, awareness to put on pause what our mind assumes to know and enter into, I don't know. And be willing to sit in an open space of not knowing as much as the mind want to throw stuff in there and object and you know, sit in that space, be present in it. And then in that space, new information can come. New insights can come. Change comes. But it's a matter of like, you first have to empty out your glass before you can have it filled up with something new. You have to empty out and make space before you can have something new. But once you do, all sorts of new opportunities and insights, perceptions can happen. Because it's by something happening or something that's been previously unknown to you, being open to it, choosing it, seeing it for the first time, that comes from an unknown, something you haven't known before. And it's the unknown. Something different how change happens. First have to be open to it. To let this awareness of how we don't see things as they are be the beginning of that. And you can find out more about my teachings and awareness, changing beliefs, and changing your emotional reactions at pathwaytohappiness.com and for a real systematic approach to changing what's happening in your mind and emotions, take the self-mastery course as well. Beginning lessons are free. This is Gary Van Warmerdam from pathwaytohappiness.com with the Awareness and Consciousness Podcast.